Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the retirement and tax playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello, and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is that? Well, if you're new to the show, let me tell you what it is. It is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Yeah, we did a little new thing right there. Well, if you're new, you don't know that was new, but anyway, but how can you get that retirement rescue game plan? You can simply go to warrenwealth.net. You go to the site, put in your information and that retirement rescue game plan, uh, 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 recession retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. All right, on to the show. I've um, trademarked our cubed that's the R-cubed game yes, plan. I've got it. Yes. TM. Retirement. Yes, at least for, for a while until we get yes. out of this uh, recession uh, that right. they haven't officially said yet. But I digress. So actually, we'll, we may talk about that uh, later in the show. But let's talk about uh, this um, transition that we've had uh, over the weekend from fall to winter. It is officially cold. We had our last uh, nice day. I guess Friday was a pretty nice day. Um, uh, Thursday was was nice and sunny and 70. And then uh, Friday uh, actually was really rainy. Rain came in, yeah. yeah. Rainy in the morning. And then it's, um, you know, still around the 60s or so it was. And then um, and now it's uh, cold and it's supposed to be cold for a while. Um, anyway, um, I'm not a big fan of winter. Uh, the leaves are mostly gone you see little just branches and naked branches and stuff, and winter is here, I guess. And then the time change too. Oh, and that, that yeah, just it gets destroys dark at, me. It gets this dark week? at five p.m. Um, it's like I've got I've had jet lag this week where I'm just tired, and I look down and it's six thirty p.m. I know, it's pretty, and I'm already it's in be, bed by yes. sleep. <laughs> no, because it's been dark for like two hours already, yes. and it's you get sleepy. Yeah, I mean, at least I at, at least I do. It's uh, um. It's not a uh, it's not a fun time, you know, during the winter. That's why it's not my favorite season. It's not. I'm telling you, it's not. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into uh, something a little more cheerful, but it's probably not because uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in the economy right now with Money Matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> All right, so. You know, we've uh, been kind of in this, uh, I call it a superfecta, and I've said this before on the show and uh, a few times, we're in this superfecta of, you know, bad things in our economy. And, you know, I'm in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, people like to bet on the ponies, um, and you can 
Home of the Kentucky Derby. Home of the Kentucky Derby. And uh, most people, uh, many people haven't heard about the Exacta. Um, that's when you hit the first two horses. The first, you get the, you pick the first place winner and the second place winner. Most people have heard of the trifecta. That's right. You pick the first, second, and third place horses. And then last, there's a superfecta. And that is when you pick the first, second, third, and fourth uh, place finishers uh, right there in a row. And so we right now are in the superfecta. There are four things right now that are going on at the same time that are that have a lot of people uh, uncertain about what's going to happen with their finances, what's going to happen in retirement, and I want to talk about those things. So the first thing we have is this record inflation, right? 40-year high inflation. Uh, things have gone up and up and up. The price of uh, groceries and gas and almost anything now, if you're trying to build a home, whatever that may be, you, all the materials, everything is uh, is high right now. And um, and that has been really devaluing uh, our dollar. Now, I'm not talking about the, the strength of our dollar in relation to other currencies. I'm just talking about your dollar now doesn't go as far when you go to the Piggly Wiggly these days. That's a grocery store if you didn't know what that oh, was. Oh, okay. Um, and so we have this record inflation. That's number one. Then we also have uh, these rising interest rates. And I've, I say it all the time is that the way that the, the Fed uh, and the government tries to attack uh, inflation is by rising interest rates, by trying to suppress spending and slow the economy down. All right. And they do that by raising interest rates. And so we are in this rising interest rate environment. And it is so new to so many people who have been living in this utopia of these of these low interest rates. And, uh, you know, for the last, you know, few decades before, you know, this last decade or so, uh, interest rates uh, were generally at you know, levels where I know that, um, you know, about 20, 25 years ago, uh, just looking to get a mortgage uh, on a house, you were looking at uh, about a 7 or 8% interest rate. And if you go back to the 80s, uh, we have clients who uh, had 14% interest rates on their home, on, on their homes, right? And um, we are finding ourselves where now mortgage rates are, have, have doubled, you know, over the last six months, and now mortgage rates are around 6 or 7%. And so we find ourselves in these rising interest rates environments. Which, by the way, inter higher interest rates are, are bad for um, consumers. Because if you're buying something, you're on your credit card, you're trying to get a car loan, you're trying to get a mortgage, um, those interest rates are high and that's bad. Eventually, as the banks start um, letting these higher interest rates seep into their CD rates and their bonds and their savings accounts, rising interest rates are good for savers, because now you can go to the bank and actually get a good rate where before you go to the bank and you could get 0.001% on your savings account. And now when interest rates rise, now you may be able, you may be able to get more bang for your buck at the bank. All right. So we talked about the exacta record inflation, rising interest rates, one and two. Let's go to the, to the third one. So we are in a bear market. The stock market has been down uh, pretty much all year and will probably end down unless something crazy happens over the next uh, few weeks or so. Um, we are going to find ourselves in this bear market. Uh, a bear market is basically when the mark, the stock market is about 20% off of its peak. And that is where we are now, especially with um, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, things of that nature. And 
that has shook a lot of people because generally when the stock market takes a hit, people can run to bonds and find good fixed income and find safety there. But unfortunately, with these rising interest rates, bond prices have started to go down because interest rates and bonds have an inverse relationship. So as interest rates go up, bond prices go down, and it happens to be at the same time that the stock market go stock market is going down. So all of Wall Street right now is going down. All right, and then the last thing we have, the, which makes it the superfecta, is, folks, we have a dark cloud hanging over our heads, called a recession. We are uh, headed into a recession now. The people out there in Washington have politicized it, so they don't want to say that we're in a recession. But if you look at the tea leaves and you watch what corporations and these large companies are starting to do, they are starting to tighten their belts. They are starting to spend less. They are starting to uh, lay people off or have hiring freezes. They are cutting advertising and marketing. They are getting ready for a slowdown in consumer spending, which affects the economy. And so those are the four things, the superfecta that is all hitting us at once. And it really is causing a lot of uncertainty for a lot of different uh, investors and heck, investors, uh, retirees. My daughter is asking about why are prices so high? Uh, she lives out in, in Chicago and uh, her car's out there. She doesn't drive much, luckily, because they have a good public transportation system. But when she does, she is uh, spending a lot of money at the pump and she keeps asking me, when uh, are these prices going to go down? And I'm like, uh, you know, I do not know, hopefully sooner than, uh, than later. I have people who I sit across from, families that I sit across from, and they start and they're asking me about interest rates. When will interest rates go down? And the one thing that um, uh, I tell them, and I kind of hinted that that at that here um, a little earlier, was the fact that um, we have been in this interest rate utopia. I don't think interest rates are going to come down uh, anytime soon. I think that. As they go up, once the Fed finds that balance, I don't think that all of a sudden, then the next quarter or the next few months, they're going to say, oh, everything's cool. Let's make money cheap again. Because if you look historically at interest rates, they were never, they had never been that low for that long. That was an anomaly. Like I said, this utopia, this fantasy world that we were living in and people were able to take advantage of for uh, almost 20 years because they started bringing down interest rates uh, right after the, the 9-11 attacks, right, in 2001. And that's when they started to come down, 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 down. It created this bubble. And, uh, of course, in real, that real estate bubble, that the bubble, that credit market bubble. And then in 2008, it burst. And we were on financial collapse. So they weren't going to raise interest rate they, interest rates anymore. They just pumped money, more money into the market, kept interest rates low, and then here we are again, where we had this high inflation, and now they're raising interest rates. And I don't really think that once they get to a level that they see the economy getting better, that they're all of a, they're all of a sudden going to drop them again. I think we need to get used to what the norm was back in the day. You know, it's kind of like uh, gas prices, you know. Right. Um, I'm going to date myself here, but I remember when gas was uh, under a dollar for a gallon. Wow. Nice. Okay. 
And then they give you that initial shot. Gas prices go up and they jump up to, you know, a buck 70. And you're like, what the heck? A buck 70? And it's a buck 70 for a couple of months. And then they bring it down to a buck 20. And you're like, whew. I'm so glad that it's a dollar twenty now. <laughs> when you used to pay less than a dollar for it, but now you're coming from one seventy back to one twenty, and they're and they've done that up. They've ratcheted that up, up and up and up over the last few years. And of course, now if gas prices were get to, to get back down to you know two dollars and fifty cents or three dollars and thirty cents, or wild. yes, yeah. we would be happy Ecstatic. because they're at four and five. They were at four and five dollars at, at at one point. So once it settles back in at about three or so dollars, we'll be happy when we were probably paying two seventy five before that. And I think interest rate, interest rates are the same. We're shocked, shocked, shocked. They'll go up, and they'll be eight or nine percent. Then they'll come down to six, five or six or seven percent, and we'll be happy again. That's why I don't think that interest rates are going to go down uh, to those low, low levels anytime soon. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to dive into uh, some uh, some more uh, financial and retirement news that is important to you. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Lift me up. Oh, wow. We're um, on the cutting edge of, of music oh, today. Cutting edge. So this is Rihanna. Uh, it is called Lift Me Up. And it's from the Wakanda Forever soundtrack. So the song came out this year. Number two in the U.S., number three in the U.K. All right. And uh, love Black Panther. Saw Wakanda Forever. Real good movie. Marvel's Marvel puts out a real good product. Yes. You know, and a real good tribute to uh, Chadwick Boseman, you know, who died. Um, they put a good like, button on that, and it was good. Good, good, good. Anyway. Welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and that retirement recession rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. You have to protect your nest egg from all the risk. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You have to protect your hard-earned money. From the IRS. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net for that retirement recession rescue game plan. Rescue retirement recession. Recession retirement. And there's a lot of R's in there. R cubed. Trademark. R cubed. All right. But just get that. Warrenwealth.net. All right. Um, Where are we? All right. So um, we were talking about financial uncertainty. and uh, I want to really talk about um, and some of the, some of the things that you can do to achieve some financial certainty in these uncertain times. We talked about the four things that were going on uh, with the economy, the uh, looming recession, uh, a down stock and bond market, rising interest rates. And uh, we have this record high inflation. Uh, the cost of things are just going up and up and up. And so what can you do now uh, to at least give yourself some secure footing and some uh, certainty? Uh, number one, um, this uh, uh, seems pretty simple, uh, but it's tough for some people, and that is spending less and saving more. Right now, um, uh, cash is, is king. 
if you have cash, um, you have options, right? Um, and one of the ways that you're able to accumulate uh, cash is by saving more. You have to at least have uh, an emergency fund. Uh, I was talking about companies are starting to lay people off or have been laying people off. Um, hopefully no one uh, who, who is listening finds themselves in, in that situation. However, uh, you do want to make sure that if uh, that happens, you do have some sort of emergency fund to fall back on. How much you, should you have in an emergency fund? Uh, most experts say between six months to a year of uh, money in uh, that emergency fund. Um, and of course, uh, actually people are spending less, uh, not even by choice, just prices are high. So they're just spending less, uh, or really no, they're spending just as much. They're just, they're just getting less, which, uh, is a challenge because of the inflation. Um, also after that emergency fund, after you have uh, a little put away, you know, now is a good time to put your money to work for you. But Marcus, you just said the stock market is down and it's a bear market. Exactly. You should be investing in the market continually. Why? Because what are you supposed to do? The number one rule of investing is to buy low and sell high. Now is a good buying opportunity. There are a lot of good companies out there that are uh, trading well below their value. They're at a discount. By the way, the stock market is one of the only markets where when things go on sale or things are at a discount, no one wants to buy in. Yes, I know it's a psychological game when you're talking about investing. And I know people don't like to buy when the market is down because there's pain associated with it. But that's what you're supposed to do. You have to take that emotion out, make and put your money to work for you. Do you know what really doesn't help from an emotional standpoint when it comes to the market is the fact that losses are in red, this, this scary color, yes. and gains are in green. <laughs> right. And so right. You, you look at one of the financial channels and see a bunch of red, you're just scared. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and that's why people just shouldn't make watch those financial channels. Make it gray. Yeah, you shouldn't watch the financial channels um, because all they do is focus on those, uh, those emotions. And right now there's a lot of fear out there. And they have a lot of f- people fearful sitting on the sidelines and not taking advantage of a down market. By the way. I know we talk about a lot, a lot about retirement here, but we also um, are a financial show. And if you are not close to retirement, if you are uh, in middle career, starting your career, this is your opportunity to build wealth. Market's down 20, 25% off of its highs. It's the best time right now to put money in and build wealth. 2008 was a fantastic time. 2000, 2001, 2002 was a fantastic time. People don't think of these, um, these crises or when people are fearful as an opportunity, but it is. If you have the money, put it to work for you. Um, if you're three to five years from retirement, um, um, you know, that retirement red zone, you need to make sure that you have a plan in place, right? I know this volatility really scares people who are getting closer to retirement because they see their investments down 20, 25% and they're wondering if they're going to have to retire with less or work longer. And, you know, really um, the main thing is you need to make sure that as you get closer to retirement, that you have that retirement plan in place to give you that financial certainty. And then that starts with a diversified retirement plan. You got to make sure that you're, uh, retirement plan isn't 
uh, just all in the stock market, right? You can't have all your eggs in one basket. Hopefully uh, you have stuff in fixed income. I know that hasn't been doing well, but it's, it's doing a lot better than stocks right now. Um, bonds, uh, maybe a little bit of real estate, whatever that may be, you have to make sure that you're diversified and you're not exposed to any particular sector or investment. So those are the things that you can do to make sure that you have at least some sort of financial certainty, especially like what I said with, with these high interest rates, uh, uh, high inflation, uh, low stock market, low bond market, and this uh, impending recession uh, that is on its way, or really, I like to say that it's already here. Make sure you're doing those things. All right, so um, let's do this. Let's... Um, let me uh, talk a, a little bit about um, um, uh, an investment or things that uh, uh, something that uh, has uh, aggravated me, you know, over this last uh, last few days, uh, and it's um, it's the cryptocurrency market, right? So FTX, which is the crypto exchange, uh, they went insolvent uh, last week, and. Um, you know, uh, FTX, by the way, uh, they're the ones who had all the ads uh, during the Super Bowl. Um, Larry David, the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, the co-creator of Seinfeld, he was in one of the ads. Uh, FTX is endorsed by, uh, or at least was endorsed by Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Naomi Osaka, uh, who all uh, had uh, equity deals, right? They all were being paid via equity uh, in the company. Um, the Miami Heat. Their stadium is called FTX Arena, at least for now. We'll see what, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but there you go. That's FTX. And uh, basically about $32 billion in, you know, what was their, their value, so to speak. They went belly up and insolvent. And, and, and we've seen crypto, at least this last week and even really before that, it's just gone down and down and down. And so um, I'm over 40. So I've been used to things like, the stock market, Wall Street, real estate, bonds, those things have generally worked. And my question, and it's always been this, is, is about crypto, is what does it give me that I don't already have? My credit card works, my debit card works, and my cash works, right? <laughs> and, you know, think about this. The reason that I got an iPhone is because an iPhone at the time before it came out or when it was coming out, it seemed so valuable at the time that I had to get one because it gave me something that I didn't have. It, it was, it was convenience. Uh, I could get urgent information that I couldn't get anywhere, anywhere else, you know, on this screen, on my phone, right? Crypto, at least to me, it doesn't give me anything that I don't already have, right? So if you've listened to our show, uh, you know that I've always been skeptical about crypto. I call it the funny money, right? I've always called it that funny money. Um, because I've always looked at it as it's unregulated, no real need for it, mostly for, you know, 20 and then 30 somethings who have had time on their hands. Right. They don't have a lot of net worth. Uh, basically, they're just rolling the dice. Uh, they felt like it was a, uh, a get rich quick uh, thing that they could do. And by the way, there is no fast way to get rich. Um, you know, outside of, of, of the lottery or Powerball or something like that. Um, you know, and then you think about all of that stuff, right? NFTs, you know, that is a little bit of a game, a, a lark, so to speak. Uh, the metaverse, 
the metaverse. That's basically crushing Zuckerberg's billion-dollar empire. He just laid off 11,000 people, and he's probably going to lay off more. You see, a lot of stuff that works financially and in life really has worked since I was born, and I think that's going to continue to work. I know, I know. I know you really do believe that there's a quick way to get rich. No, not really. There's not. You know, well, Marcus, what about the tech people in Silicon Valley? The average age of a founder on Silicon Valley in tech, they're in their 40s. In their 40s. Yeah, do you have the outliers like Zuckerberg, who is all of a 19 or 20? But they're in their 40s, right? They've been doing this for a while, not get rich quick. If a 20-year-old is telling you about the new way to get rich very quickly, run. If you think about this, if you find a way, if you were to find a way or a new platform to get rich, the truth is, is that you wouldn't waste your time. You wouldn't waste a lot of time telling anybody, right? You would gobble up all the resources and the wealth, you know, and, 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 and there's also uh, the last thing I want to say before I end the, before I end the segment is um, that's, what's always been a little fishy to me about NFTs and Bitcoin and crypto is that for the people who are always talking about it, why are you so insistent that I be a part of it? You go invest your money in it. Maybe I don't want to. Why are you so insistent and bothered if I don't buy in? You see, because this is where I'm going to diagnose you. I think deep down it's always some sort of psychological factor. Because if you truly believe something, you don't have to get it approved by other people. But Bitcoin and NFT guys, they get outraged if you don't share in their optimism of Bitcoin. You know, hey, why you don't know? You don't know why why don't you like it as much as I do? I don't care. Why do they get so mad when you don't share their optimism? Because deep down, they had this fear, this insecurity that it was all a bubble. And as Shannon Sharp says, bull jive. And now we're seeing it. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to get into some taxes and talk taxes. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Now, this is a fantastic song. Michael Jackson. This is Remember the Time. Came out in 1991. Number three in the U.S., number three in the U.K. It's such a great song. From his uh, Dangerous album. Awesome. This is a good video. If you ever saw this video, Magic Johnson was, was in it. Amon was in it. It was David Bowie's wife. Um, it's good. Okay. okay. Good video. I learned all the all the dance moves. Oh, I yeah. learned all the dance moves you anyway. Did? Okay. Anyway, welcome back. Is that why you're doing them right now? That's why I'm doing them right now. Oh, okay. All right. Let me slow down before I get too winded. All right. Welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request your 
retirement recession rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. In that retirement to recession rescue game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Now, you can go to warrenwealth.net. Once again, that is warrenwealth.net. Get that uh, nice good packet of information. It's free, by the way, and you'll uh, have a lot of good information. Um, and then you even have the option to... Uh, uh, meet uh, with me and set up a time to, to talk with me if uh, if everything works out. So there you go. All right. So um, um, I want to talk uh, about, I was just talking about crypto and I talked about kind of get rich quick and I talked about Powerball and the lottery. And I do want to talk about that because uh, recently uh, the Powerball was $1.9 billion um, and Someone won. By the way, the odds of winning uh, that was uh, one in 292,201,238. Okay. So, um, uh, so pretty, pretty good. good odds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're hmm. saying there's a chance. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and it just had me thinking about uh, the lottery and Powerball because I. You know, um, it's interesting um, that it's another huge Powerball or lottery. Cause didn't we just recently a few months ago have another billion dollar? Lottery? No, no one won. No one won. It was 1.2 or 1.3. Ah. Then it jumped up and went to 1.9 and someone okay. won. Now it's down to a yeah, measly $47 million. Oh, what can wet. somebody do with a <laughs> measly 47 million? But it really had me thinking about, cause this is, you know, kind of our, our tax segment and things of that nature. And it had me think of um, uh, the way that, I feel about the lottery personally. I think the lottery is a regressive tax. Um, and uh, what is a regressive tax? It's basically um, it's basically a tax that's uniformly applied to everyone, um, and it takes a larger percentage of income from low-income earners uh, than from middle or high-income earners. Um, and it's opposite of a progressive tax because a progressive tax takes a larger percentage from higher income earners um, than a, a, a regressive tax. And so with a regressive tax, the tax burden, it decreases as your income rises, right? So it's the opposite of a, of a progressive tax. So, um, so what are, you know, really some examples of what uh, some people would call a regressive tax? Um, well, let me take a step back again, because, um, the one thing, uh, that regressive taxes do is they affect people with low incomes a lot more severely than people with higher incomes, because just like I said, it's uniformly applied. So let's talk about sales tax. So if there's a sales tax, <clears throat> Um, you know, governments generally apply a sales tax uh, to all consumers based on what they buy. Um, so we'll say, uh, I'm going to use a 7% sales tax, all right? Are you staying with me? Stay with me. If I get I'm too here. convoluted, you'll keep me on track and say, break that down for me more, Marcus, if you can, right? All right. Um, so, all right. So you have a 7% uh, sales tax, right? And so low lower income consumers are more affected. So if you have two individuals and they each purchase $100 worth of clothing each week, and they pay $7 in tax on their retail, retail purchase, right? Mm -hmm. yes. So that's 7%. The first, say the first individual earns $2,000 a week. 
making the sales tax on that person's purchase 0.35%. Based on their income. Based Yeah, in relation Mm -hmm. to their income. Mm -hmm. In contrast, if the other individual earns $320 per week, the tax that they're paying in regards to their income is 2.2%. So same tax rate, but the person with the lower income is paying a higher percentage uh, of that tax based on their income. All right. Uh, when people talk about property tax, not property taxes, when, when, you know, when people talk about flat taxes, because there's been yes. politicians who have said, forget our tax system. We just need a flat tax. A flat tax is a regressive tax for the same reasons I just outlined. Right. Because a flat tax basically, um, basically says that, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to set a, a just one percentage based on all income. And as a result, lower income people will, will pay an effectively higher tax rate um, than lower income earners because at least in, in percentage to their income. And so you have to think of those things. And when I think of the lottery and Powerball, um, what does the regressive stuff have to do with that? Well, research has shown that people with lower incomes, they play the lottery more often and they spend a higher percentage of their income on it. Um, uh, lower income people generally spend about their their twenty five percent more likely to gamble and play the lottery than higher income people who generally play for fun. You know what I mean, right? right. Um, you know, lower income people are trying to hit it big, right? Yes. Um, and so, you know, one recent survey uh, when I was looking this up found that uh, people who play the lottery making less than $10,000 annual annually, they spend about $597 on average on lottery tickets each year or about 6% of their income. Now, while no one is compelled to play the lottery or the Powerball, the States, they spend hundreds of millions of dollars marketing the lottery to us every single year, right? A dollar in a dream. You can win. You only, you only can win if you play. And since it costs everyone that same amount to bet on that dream, it is a regressive tax. And so um, it just had me thinking about, um, you know, because I, I was at the, uh, the convenience store, um, you know, on, on that, I think it was Monday or whenever they do the lottery, um, and lines were long and, you know, people were playing the lottery and it just had me thinking that, wow, um, you know, you're more likely uh, to get eaten by a shark and be struck at the struck by lightning at the same time than win the lottery. But you just see that money just piling in there, that dollar in the dream, dollar in the dream. It's, it's a regressive tax. I think it's no different than the discussion you just had about cryptocurrency and the psychology behind why people... Uh, purchase some of these crypto have purchased and put thousands of their savings into these um, things that they don't really know how they work because they think they're going to hit it big. And you talked about the wealthy, the athletes and the celebrities who endorsed FTX. Right. They didn't buy buy the tokens. They got paid in equity. Yeah. Yeah. If you think, um, you know, so, so Tom Brady, I I mentioned Tom Brady, I mentioned Steph Curry um, and then uh, Naomi Okasaka, who um, were ambassadors and um, you know endorsed the uh, FTX, the that crypto exchange. Uh, they got now their equity is worth zero. Yes, but they didn't have to really put any money up. 
because they were paid, basically paid endorsers. They could have either one, you know, got a check, hey, you know, got a check like, uh, by the way, Kim Kardashian got a check from some crypto exchange and had to pay a fine for not telling people that she was being paid on the side for endorsing something like that. And that's the thing. You throw all those Super Bowl ads on there. Mm-hmm. Talking about crypto is the next best thing. Crypto, you can make money, you can make money. And people who um, are trying to hit it big, which a lot of times it's it's lower income folks who are trying to, you know what, this is going, this is it. I'm going to buy this Dogecoin at, you know, 50 cents and it's going to go up to $80 and, you know, I'm going to make it or I'm going to buy this, uh, what is it, Shiba, Shiba Inu or, or Bitcoin or whatever it may be. And it's, and, you know, and it, it turns out to be, a dollar in a dream. Yes. A dollar in a dream. There you go. Um, all right. What are we going to do? Uh, coming up next, uh, do you have, wait, before I do that, do you have anything to talk about taxes? I see you look at anything that's like a quick 30 minute. Yeah, let's 30, talk about some minutes, updates. Seconds. Let's talk about some quick updates. Has to be quick though. Coming, next, coming up next year yeah. to the tax code. Okay. Ready? So child tax credit rollback. So in 2021, we got some more child tax credit that we're not getting in 2022, I think that's going to hit people really hard. It is. Well, I mean, we're, t- <laughs> wow. Um, you know, we, we couldn't have got some better news. That, I mean, some better good oh, news and the good news. No, no, good news. no, no. You can better. contribute more to your 401k <laughs> and your IRA in 2023. The contribution <laughs> limits have gone up. No, I'm, I'm just saying that it was funny because we're talking about the reg- regressive tax. Yes. How, you know, people spend the... Uh, Six percent of their income on lottery tickets, yes. and, uh, and and now and, you're going to get less tax credit from the government. You're, you're going to get Sorry. less. What is the child tax Unfor- credit? The you child said? tax credit. Less child tax credit, and yes. that's uh, I mean, you know, the news is the news, and the and and the tax code is the tax code. Give us something good. Thirty seconds. Businesses can deduct a hundred percent of the meals that they uh, might. Uh, oh. uh, Meal expense for if they are for employees or yeah. for clients. Okay. Business business related meals, one hundred percent deductible. Is that coming back or was that? It it was. was it it's been like this for a few years. Okay. I think twenty 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 one and now twenty two. The goal is probably to maybe incentivize people to go into out to restaurants more and incentivize businesses to utilize restaurants more. So yeah, typically it was just 50%. You can only deduct 50% of what you spent. Now it's a hundred for yet another year, at least until the end of 2022. Wow. So good news for businesses. Correct. Bad news for individuals. Our tax system, everybody, our tax system. All right. about right. All right. Coming up next, we're going to get into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Ready or not. All right. Ready or not. So... This is the Fugees, and it's, of course, called Ready or Not, <laughs> and the song, well, it came out in 1996. I thought this was a uh, okay. 2000 to 2000, 1996, really? yeah. Okay. Top 100 hit here in the U.S. That's whack, man. And number one in the U.K. They're so good. Yeah, really good. You know, there you go. Top 100. Like Lauren Hill, Proswell, <laughs> and Wyclef Jean. Good stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can get your retirement rescue game plan 
uh, simply by going to warrenwealth.net. I know I left out one of the R's, your retirement recession rescue game plan. In that game plan, you're going to you're going to get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes and Retirement. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net, and it will be de- delivered free of charge to your front door. Good stuff. And we all know what it's time for. It is time now to get into some news you can use. Well, Meta Platform said they would cut more than 11,000 employees, which is about 13% of its staff. Wow. Yes, uh, as it copes with slumping digital ad market and its plunging stock price and this recession that we're going through, the layoffs add to a wave of job cuts that are rolling through Silicon Valley, where tech giants that added employees by the tens of thousands through the pandemic are now retrenching. You know, it, it's, it's funny how just the way things ebb and the way things you know ebb and flow, you have peaks and valleys, and it's like during the um, uh, pandemic, mm-hmm. a rush towards all this mobile work from home, uh, all this stuff, thinking that that was going to be the new normal moving forward yeah. for something that really just was a blip, in, 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 at, at least at the time, seemed like it was going to be forever, but it was just a blip in time. And then people have, have started to get back to their normal ways. And then we're figuring out, hey, okay, well, uh, Zoom stock price down, uh, you know, DoorDash and Uber Eats and all the stuff. Where all we, the streaming companies. All the streaming companies. Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to be streaming all the time now. All this stuff just, it has just got back, averaged down to the mean, and now we're back to where we were. However, in regards to Meta, uh, the recession is an excuse. Nobody cares about the metaverse. No one wants to wear a big headset and eye goggles and sit in their house where it's going to be a huge scalable business for all the money that Zuckerberg put into it. It's, uh, to me, it's just not going to happen. I have the VR goggles. Oculus. Oculus. And mm-hmm. I've used them a couple of times. It's cool. It is really cool. But... To me, sustainability, I have other I have other stuff to do. My kids don't even use it. You want to know why? Because they have other stuff to do, which is not too much. It's just being on TikTok and, and some other social media platforms. But you know what it's not? It's not being in this metaverse. I, th- I don't see it. I think they're struggling to build another community. Or maybe he's looking into the future to see the future of Facebook because, uh, you know, ad spending's down. Um especially now because of the recession, but even before so because of the changes Apple made mm-hmm. to people who use Apple devices and how you can't track what they're doing outside right. of the app, which limits what data Meta or Facebook is able to garner from users. And so that makes ad spending a little bit different. And I think companies who might have used um, Meta or Facebook for their ads are um, cutting back on that because it's not as targeted anymore for some of those reasons. And You've got competition from TikTok where everybody, younger and generations are right. more using using more of the newer uh, uh, social media like TikTok, Snap, things I don't even right. I don't even know how to use. It, it's it's like that. I mean, it's it's I just don't think I think this is they're trying to struggle. The, they're trying to break through the competition and looking to the future. It. And that's I think that's I think what the goal is. And I agree. I with think you. eleven thousand employees, the first wave. First wave. I yeah. think there'll be a second You're wave. Probably right. They're just not 
And they're, you know, maybe Zuckerberg just sees something that everybody else doesn't. No, he doesn't. in the future. He's not a visionary. He took, stole Facebook from the Winklevoss twins. What has he actually ever done and created? You know, he he took Instagram. Bought Instagram. I mean, come on. uh, WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. I mean, what has Zuckerberg created? Yeah. And he hung his hat trying to think that he was as creative and and he's not. And now he's trying to do this metaverse that I think is not going to work. What else we got? All right. The Securities and Exchange Commission and the Justice Department are investigating crypto uh, platform FTX. Even before they imploded this week, the investigation has been going on for a few months. Um, They... Focus on the company's U.S. subsidiary, which is FTX.US, which lists dozens of crypto tokens, at least it did. Agency officials believe some of those assets should have been uh, uh, registered with the SEC and they might have constituted as securities before they were being sold to investors. So on top of the fact that Binance, uh, which had agreed to purchase FTX and then decided not to do it after they looked at their financials, um, the company kind of imploded. Um, and they are now also filed for bankruptcy. The CEO and founder just resigned, and they are now facing a uh, investigation. investigation from yeah. the SEC and the Department of Justice. Yeah, this this you know like like I was saying earlier, it, it's it's not a good look for um, you know for crypto in general. Um, you know, especially when when you think. Well, one, this is an exchange. Um, but just when you think of just crypto and, and Bitcoin in general, when you think of the fact that, hey, the stock market is down, this was remember, supposed to be a stored value, right. kind of like digital gold. And when the market what goes you go down, mm-hmm. you can run to that. And it's down even even more so than the market is. I mean, and I think even worse, when you think about the exchanges, it seems like every single one that has crashed um, or, or, or had to go bankrupt or either be bought out in this past year is because people, for some reason, there's a story that comes out that ma- makes people want to take their money out. Right. And then they realize, oh, wait, they can't because it's not there. Right. This whole, um, you know, deregulated finance, yes. DeFi, deregulated yes. financial companies and all this stuff where, yeah. hey, we don't, hey, we're not, it's not a central location, decentralized, not deregulated, well, no regulation well, yeah. either. <laughs> um, decentralized, it's it, it, this uh, trustless society that they tried to say where, yeah. hey, you know, this is, we got these, this blockchain and we're, we're keeping your money here. After a while, people are like, okay, can I get my money? Where is it? Right. And when that wave happens, like it did, mm-hmm. you have the FTX story yes. of people making that run, and it's not there, it's not and then there. they lose and it. And then on top of that, what they were doing with they weren't doing what they were supposed to with yes. it anyway. And now you have to wait for the lawsuit to play out before you can get even a little, even a dollar yeah. back of what you might have invested, maybe if, if potentially. That. Right. That. All right. Let's do one more. Okay. A federal judge locked Penguin Random House from acquiring rival book publisher Simon & Schuster for about $2.1 billion. Billion. Billion, yes. The top two publishing houses, Penguin Mm. Random House and Simon & Schuster. Um, The Justice Department said that the planned merger would unlawfully lessen competition. U.S. District Judge Florence Pan, she accepted Justice Department's arguments uh, that some writers would be harmed if Penguin Random House, the world's largest consumer book publisher, was allowed to acquire another one of the top five U.S. Bu- uh, publishers. I think the administration um, has been kind of focused on some anti-competition. There was another big... Yeah. Um, Keep on going. There was another big... Um, uh, Microsoft is trying to acquire Activision, um, and they're facing some... Uh, pushback as well from the Justice Department and even um, overseas. So um, just anti-competition. Yeah. There we go. There you go. 
music to start, but yeah, you know the the uh, Amy Klobuchar is is big on this too. The administration, you know, as far as the trying to um, prevent companies prevent from getting too these big. monopolies and things of mm-hmm. that nature, and you know, I, I Simon Schuster, you know, I got a lot of the audio books and stuff. Okay. So there you are. Um, we we were talking about uh, earlier. You know, Facebook and the young kids and Meta and the competition and all that stuff. Twitter. Yes. Kids aren't on Twitter. Kids are not on Twitter. They're not. Meaning that Twitter is also one of those aging media, social media things where only old people are on Twitter, not old yes. people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you know mill- young, millennials yeah. are just, you know, millennials, old, yep. older mm-hmm. folks are on, on, on Twitter. Millennial is the new old, by right, the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, if they don't, the kids, yes. the, you know, my kids or whatever, they're on all the yeah. other ones, Snap and, and TikTok and things of that nature. And so, you know, if Twitter is going to continue and grow down the line, they're going to have to, I don't know. Figure out ways. Yeah, they've already tried to add video. It just, folks. it doesn't work. I think the the old folks, the old heads who are on Twitter don't want it to change. And so it's going to be tough for their new CEO yeah. uh, who's already, who's, who's going through an implosion himself <laughs> to try to figure out how to make uh, some of his money back. Yeah, we'll have to see. But thank you, D, for that news you can use and way to just tru- just uh, continue to march along when the music stopped, kind of like it has stopped right now. But uh, that's because we're going to give the people what they really want. And what they really want is the news that they can't use. Well, I had to talk about this because you're from Texas and there is a huge, huge scandal coming out of Texas. Dang right, I'm from Texas. Huge scandal coming out of Texas. Howdy, partner. What? Is Texas Pete Hot Sauce really from Texas? Uh, Possibly not. One Los Angeles man uh, filed a lawsuit in September in the California Central District Court against the Hot Sauce's producers, which is a North Carolina-based company. What? T.W. Garner Food selling Texas Pete. Come on. What's wrong with that? He's alleging false advertising after he believed the brand was a Texas product. All right, so what were his damages? What are the damages? I mean, how are you damaged by that? Come on. I mean, is Louisiana hot sauce? Is that... Manufactured in Louisiana. Matter That's of fact, so funny we, that you say that because the complaint alleges Texas Pete, which is a Louisiana style hot sauce, is a product of ingredients from outside of Texas. Right, like most things are. The um, the iPhone that he called his lawyer on. There's parts made all over the when he went to uh, McDonald's to eat a burger while he was deciding how much he was going to sue for. You know, their suppliers and places they get their food from is we're a global economy. He just truly believed that hot sauce from Texas has this flavor. There's this there. It's dignified. It's refined when it's from Texas. Texan. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We are refined. Yes. uh, People. Beyonce said she carries hot sauce in her bag. She's from Texas. It's not Texas Pete. I'll tell you that much. Not because it's not from Texas. I don't even, I'm not a fan of Texas Pete. I am a a Tabasco guy, uh, Louisiana hot sauce guy. That is me. Frank's Red Hot. Way before Texas Pete is down the line. Sorry, Texas Pete or North Carolina Pete, whoever you are, but that stuff doesn't fly. And even though it's a frivolous lawsuit, um, you know, hopefully this guy loses and trips over a bottle of hot sauce and Aww. has a real claim. No, then you have a real claim. Then he has a real claim. Anyway, yeah. thank you, D, for that news. 
you can't use. And we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.